Hey, Matt, let's tell our six listeners, or are we up to seven now? I'm not sure, about our new recording buddy, Riverside FM, the leading podcast and video creation platform that's changing the game on how creators record content. Yep, Riverside FM lets you record studio-quality audio and up to 4K video on their platform. Now you can interview a guest a 1,000 miles away, and it will sound like you're sitting in the same room. And it's as easy to use as that meeting app everyone usually uses for recording, but has much higher quality audio and video. And they have a mobile app, so guests can connect directly from their phone and record content from anywhere. After your content is finished, you can easily grab clips to share them across your social media channels. So if you're looking for the final girl of recording platforms for podcasts, webinars, and other video content, you should be using Riverside FM. Sign up today so you can focus on your content and leave the quality to Riverside FM. Use promo code SHIPIT and receive a 30% discount on the first three months of your subscription. That's S-H-I-P-I-T to receive a 30% discount on the first three months of your subscription. The podcast you are about to listen to is an account of the movies which befell a group of horror fans. In particular, Tara Garwood and her intrepid friend, Matt Lolich. Had they lived very, very long lives, they could not have expected although they would have wished to see as much of the mad and macabre as we are to see in those movies. For them, an idyllic summer movie became a nightmare, and they loved it. The movies that they watched were to lead to the creation of one of the most terrifying podcasts in the annals of American history. The Scary Movie Project. Hello, everybody. This is the Scary Movie Project, the podcast where we talk about scary movies. I'm Tara. And hi, I am Matt. And we've been waiting. We've always been waiting, says Meg Foster in (laughs) Rob Zombie's Lords of Salem, which we can't wait to discuss. But you know something? We're excited about that, but we're a little more excited about a guest we have tonight. Oh, Folks, yeah. we have a gentleman by the name of J.W. Oker. He is an author, a travel writer, if you will, Edgar Award winner. Um, his newest book is Cursed Objects. I also recommend you read these two books by him, New England Grimpendium and A Season with the Witch. Um, Very nice. He also runs Otis, Odd Things I've Seen, uh, Cool Places to Check Out. I am a proud member of the Otis Club as well, I might add. Um, yeah. We are thrilled to have him because this gentleman has taken a month of his life and lived it in Salem in October and wrote a book about it. And I am pretty excited to hear about some more details about it. So JW, thank mm-hmm. you so much for being here. Um, no, thanks for the invite. If I'm I miss anything else, please tell us more about yourself. And then we're going to get into what it's like to live in Salem in October for a month. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's going to be fun. So thanks so much for having me on. This yeah. is going to be a lot of fun. I can already tell. Okay. So how do you want to start? Well, I think that we should start with, well, Salem is a great place. And if you haven't been, you need to go. I go. I haven't been. <laughs> I've I been go so bad. I've been quite often. I usually go in April. I go up there for Patriots Day weekend, um, go to see the Red Sox game, go to see the marathon, and I always have a day in Salem. I love it to death. We can talk about all the cool places. Your book was great. I kept reading every place I thought to myself, oh, yeah, that place was great. That place was great. My favorite it's probably Count Orlock's Nightmare Gallery, quite frankly. That place is amazing. No, uh, I'm with you on that, but 100%. Your book is about you and your family lived in Salem for, an, for the entire month of October in 2015? Yeah, 2015. Okay, right. Mm-hmm. right. So um, I, you don't need to give us a complete you know, word for word, but yeah, tell us about what that is like, and yeah, tell us your day-to-day and how that went. Uh, it's so much fun. It was. Um, I just gotten off another book I did, um, about Edgar Allan Poe that had me traveling the entire East Coast, you know, crossing the ocean to London, everywhere he ever lived and set foot, I traveled to. And I was trying to figure out a way to not travel for the next book. You know, it's, it's hard when you're a travel writer to, to f- find that place. And me and my wife, Lindsay, had been going to Salem a couple of times a year since we met. 
Um, we actually met uh, down in uh, Mid-Atlantic. We're from Maryland, Virginia. And we met down there, took road trips to New England, and eventually just moved to New England. So probably since, probably for, uh, man, eight years before that, before we actually moved there for a month, we've been going a couple of times a year. And, you know, it just hit me like, how do you, I did a travelogue about a person, a ground Poe. What about a travelogue about one place? Um, and it had to, to be an interesting place, right? It had to be like, Unique. It wasn't going to, I don't do the kind of writing where you can just pick uh, an interesting city. Chicago. What's Chicago like for a month? It needed to be weird. It needed to be spooky. It needed to be unlike any other place. Kind of like Poe is unlike any other writer. And Salem just hit me. One day, laying on the bed, I was like, ah, Lindsay, how would you feel about moving to Salem for a month? And how would you feel for that month to be October? <laughs> so right. so that was, that was, that's how it started. Um, and then cut to, you know, me frantically trying to find a place to live for 31 days. Right, I was thinking you know, about that. Four, four or five months before we actually had to do the, do the stay in. Because I, 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 we lived there for a month, but then I had to write the book for a year after that. And it was hard. We had we got a bunch of lucky bounces to get to find places to live because it had to be downtown. It had to be right downtown, and this book wouldn't work. If right. I was just like visiting on the weekends, or if I was commuting in, because I already lived 40 miles away. So if I was just mm-hmm. living 10 miles away, it didn't make any sense. So we did it, and the whole premise of the book was just you know, there's a million Salem books out there, but they're all about the witch trials. They're all history books, and I was I wanted to get at the and the, those are all fascinating. It's a huge contradiction, but I wanted to get the contradiction of the city. The city is always kind of fascinating me. Yeah. And doesn't make sense and doesn't, doesn't, there's, there's stuff about it that you can't figure out. So we moved there and my entire mandate was visit every single attraction because Salem is a city, but it's a small city. It's about 40,000 people right. and it's downtown. It's very, the downtown feels like a town. Yes. It's very walkable. Yep. I was there for 30 days, 31 days, and I started recognizing people by sight all the time. Every single restaurant owner, every single, you know, uh, busker, all those people, you just kind of got to know them. Um, so the idea was go to all the attractions, go to all the historical sites, because it's still the witches are such a huge part of it. It's still going to be a witch trial book in some form or fashion, not a history book, but they're going to be a part of the story. Right. And then also talk to as many people as I could possibly do. And I, I thought that was, you know, that was where the value of the book was, right? <laughs> me, me going to like visit um, wax museums and haunted houses is fun for me. I don't know how fun it is for other people to read. And the historical sites are dealt with better by historians. So my, my uniqueness, I thought, was I got to talk to as many people as I wanted. And because Salem is so weird, that's a wide, diverse group of people. So that's like tourists. That's like locals who hate, you know, the witch, the witch um, part of it. That's like um, people that work there, people that rely on Halloween to make a living uh, every year. Mayor, people, you know, so I, I always thought, thought of her as like the mayor of Halloween Town. It has a mayor. <laughs> yeah. It has a police chief. It has uh, charities. It has all the usual stuff that cities have, which sounds dumb to like realize that. But while we're all like in costumes running around Essex Street, um, people are running a city yeah, <laughs> around exactly. you. So I got to get in there and just talk to everything from the most mundane details to the most wild details. And it turns out there's not a lot of mundane details about Salem. Everything is a everything is a bit of a friction. Everything is a bit of a contradiction. Everything is fraught. <laughs> there's a lot of history going on among everybody. And I just, oh, such a good time. It was one of the, the you know, if I had like five top highlights of my life, living in Salem for those 31 days is one of them, okay. for sure. And I have seven yes. kids. So some of them, some of the births don't matter. No, I'm just kidding. You have seven <laughs> no, kids? No, I'm kidding. I have three. I have three. But okay, I, I was going to say, I was, like, I was like, you had to find a place for a month for <laughs> yeah. nine people. I, I will say, though, I, those, I don't know I don't know if all three births make it in the top five, but definitely going living in Salem for 31 days uh, made the top five. So much so that I, me and Lindsay, my wife, we actually started looking for a house after we had to move out. That last day of moving out, November 1st, the boring November 1st, yeah. was so sad. I, I, we hate, started thinking I hate about November it. 1st. I hate it. It's the worst <laughs> the day of the year. No. It's the worst day. That and January 2nd are just two days yeah. I wish we could just figure out a way to get around. That's, you that's know? a good point. There's, they can't be So it was good. And then I, then I get to write a book. So I wasn't just – so that 31 days was very important. All Most of my adventures were, that, were that during the 31 days. And then I got to do like the research and – you know, pick up some loose ends and do all the sit down and writing and transcribing journals and organizing photos. So I kind of lived in, in my head. I had sailed in my head for a whole you know year for that book. But like those 31 days were such just, yeah. just you know, I, I don't know. Again, I, I if, if like I get attacked by one of those like mind eating diseases later in life, I hope I keep those 31 days. Man, they were the so one good. thing you need to keep, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. You can have the rest. Take it. It's fine. <laughs> um, one thing that I thought, which I don't know if you have, been back, but I know it just when you finished it, was the memorial up at Gallows Hill, I guess, was not built yet. Yeah, And so the last time I was there in 2018, it had just been built. 
<laughs> and it is pretty interesting. It's really, really uh, a cool-looking memorial they put together. Yeah, and my timing in that sense was kind of cool because, you know, when, when I, in 2015, I think that put up maybe uh, either the year the book came out or the year after the book came out, so either 2016 or 2017. Mm-hmm. And so I, but I got I got to see the inside scoop on it being built and being planned because yeah. a bunch of the historians I talked yeah. to were involved and some of the um, city leaders were involved, so I knew it was being built. But I got to visit it before it was built. So when I visited it, it was just unmanicured hump of rock. Right. Behind the Walgreens. It's still behind Walgreens. the, behind Walgreens. the Walgreens. Right. <laughs> But right. at the time, no, there's no memorial there at all. There's right. nothing to see there. You just had to, like, imagine in your head all these people uh, getting hung there. And now it's, an, it's a nice little civic monument. It's, it's, nice. it's an arc of stone it with names nice. in it. And, yep. you know, and nobody's – not enough people go to it. They don't know. It's about it. a mile. Yeah, they yeah, don't know it's about it. It's about a mile outside the, outside right. the downtown. So, you know, it's not within walking distance, right. really, even though I think I'd walk, walk there. But, um, yeah, it's, it's cool that they've done that finding because that was a yeah. big – that was a big kind of missing tooth for Salem. It, they I needed so. to do that at some point. Yeah. And they finally did it. And it's great. No, that is nice. Um, I think I mentioned. So, oh, go oh, ahead, Tara. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just saying I have I have questions about a couple of the, the places from the blog post that I've read on your <laughs> site. So I was curious first about the witch path and like, just can you tell us a little bit about that? Are you talking about the, uh, the gallows walk? Are you... I, I don't know. It was I'm the a... witch path and it like ends in a graveyard. Oh, man, you might have stole me. It's been a while since I read my own book. The witch path ends in a graveyard. In Salem? Yeah. No, maybe not. Maybe it wasn't in Salem. Maybe it was outside. Oh, you're talking about you're talking about it. You're not, not, I talk, I don't show about the witch path. It's in um, it's in Connecticut actually. Oh, that's not in Salem. Oh no, my God. no, no. So here's the thing, though. I'm glad you brought that up, though. Um, Bad me, good. I assume. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. But it's, like, it's a good segue because yeah. um, there are one of the things I've become obsessed with since Salem is witch memorials. And there and because of Salem, there are witch memorials all over New England and in all yeah. over the world. Like the, the Europe killed way more oh my people God, it's, accused yeah. of witches yes. than, Unbelievable. than the US ever did. Yeah, we, didn't, we didn't do anything. Well, and isn't it true that we didn't actually burn any of our witches? It was right. Europe that did that. Yeah. We were witch hangers. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> yes. we, we were <laughs> hangers. And and but pressers yeah. to death and under rocks and death. things like that. Giles yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. that's right. Yeah. So, there's, so all over New England now, there's these, there's plaques, there's stuff named after witches, there's bricks inlaid, um, and in Europe, they're, they're starting to make build museums and giant like memorials and stuff because and I think it's 100% because of Salem, uh, which is one of the one of the reasons one of the things I give Salem a pass. So people will hate on Salem for like whatever dancing on the graves of the victims by throwing parties, but really that kind of PR has kept it up so much that yeah. every other city is following Salem's lead because Salem is which city? As, only city. whatever 25 mm-hmm. people died as a result of the, of the mm-hmm. witch trials in Salem, but in thousands and tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands in Europe. But Salem was the whole entire time saying, which city? And now everybody realizes, oh, we probably should all remember that time that we were really bad to um, elderly women, basically. Yeah, yeah, that time that we were really crappy to women. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, one of the times. Oh, yeah. that one time? That time that we did that thing where we were mean to women that we've mm-hmm. never, ever done again, yeah, ever. Yeah, yeah. We, we learned our lesson and we're like, this guy, let's not do this again. Yeah, oh. <sighs> yeah so I, I know I've been to... The Witch Museum a couple times. Um, the Witch Dungeon was good. The one where you sit in the pews in the church was very cool. Yeah. Like I said, yeah, so the one I want to, yeah, Count Orlock's Nightmare Gallery. This yeah. place is amazing. It is mm-hmm. a wax museum, I guess for lack of a better word. You may describe it better. Where you go in, and it is a kind of uh, $10, whatever it is, and you go in. No photos allowed. They're big on that. They won't let you do that. Yeah. It is like a little corridor maze you walk through of... I don't know, 25, 50 wax figures of, of, of horror movie icons. Mm-hmm. Like Jack Nicholson from The Shining with the Axe, uh, the Alien from the Alien movies, Reagan from The Exorcist. For me, it was like a dream come true. It was like the coolest place I've ever been in in my life. I wanted to yeah, go back and, out and go right back in. <laughs> yeah, it's one of the first places. I, I visited oh Salem for the God. first time by myself, like whatever, 2000, in the early 2000s. And it, it, it had just opened that year. And I've gone back every single year. I've become friends with James. He runs it. He's, he's a good guy. And they moved um, it now, though. It's in a different location, I, I was going to ask if you've been to the new location. Have so, you? oh, last time I was there was Easter weekend. We were there on that mm-hmm. Sunday or Saturday, and it was closed. And I was so 
<laughs> mad because I brought more people with me too, and I was like, "This is the coolest place ever." <laughs> that is open. a danger in Salem. That is a danger in Salem that some of the stuff is closed at uh, random times. Yeah. But now it's a yeah. much bigger place, much bigger. Good. He has bigger. He has a lot more characters. Okay, good. And there's a, like a little screening room in the back where you can sit down. Usually, yeah, some kind of movie playing. You can just sit back there and watch it. And it's, it's a. It, then moving to Essex Street is the best thing for them because before they were on Derby Street, Derby, so they were right. kind of a little bit out of the way, a little, bit, right. a little smaller place. But right. yeah, I always tell people when they say where to go, I say go to Counter Rocks because if you're a horror movie fan, go to Counter Rocks because he has all the major characters, all, a lot of 80s characters, he's big in the 80s horror movies. Yeah. And he's one of my so proof cool. points to say that, Hall- that Salem is not just witch city and not just Halloween city. It's also kind of monster city, right? Because... Sure. You know, no, there's no werewolf city and there's no vampire city. So what? How? So Salem just welcomes them all. You know, there's well, whatever you want to do there. I've been to I've been to vampire territory in Transylvania, but uh, yeah. <laughs> that's true. They do have they close, have the castles there. But yes, if it wasn't, so I thought though on Derby, wasn't it right around the corner though from the uh, graveyard where the little sit down bench memorials are though? Wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It, it's across the road from the that's they call right. it the haunted neighborhood. That's and right. Behind beside the haunted neighborhood Ooh, is the, the, the I like downtown. the sound of that. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a little it's, street that has a couple. There's a witch store in one. There's another wax museum on the corner, and then the graveyard mm-hmm. is up the yeah it's up the street. It's very controversial though because you go there and how it, so it's not not around any other month but October. It's only around October, and well I think maybe one or two of the places are open all year round or mostly months, but. To see it full peak, it's October. They have fog machines going. It's crowded. They have, like, witch statues. The problem is it's right beside the historical graveyard and the original witch trials memorial. So what you end up having is, you know, (laughs) you walk into the graveyard full of people with food and sausage hot dogs and, like, putting their drinks on. (laughs) It's a carnival. It's it's on the cemetery. And people kind of hate that. I think the past two years they've actually shut down the cemetery during October. They say for they say for um to to historically whatever take care of it, but I right. always mm-hmm. kind of a little bit suspicious. <laughs> I think they're just trying to keep that, people out of it. <laughs> that they just picked that timing yeah. on purpose there. Yeah, but it feels very so, Salem in the haunted neighborhood for sure. So I think it I think it's from after your book came out, but I'm I'm also curious about the Peabody Essex Museum, um, museum the Salem Witch Trials artifacts, which they don't want to talk like, about. Like they're they're totally removed from it, right? They're a totally different like. Deal. Yeah. Used to be. So that's one of the. This is one of. The, this is one of the bad things about being a travel writer is places change and things change. So, what what you end up writing is a, a ossified strata of the fossil record, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, right. So I had this entire storyline in Salem of Season with the Witch of you know this giant massive art museum in the middle of Salem, ninth largest in the in the by area in the in the country. Right. Who doesn't like the fact that it's in Salem? It wants to be in Boston, even though Boston has its own art museum. Right. It hates, you know, it's it's the most funded place. It owns most of downtown. Some of the, a lot of those t-shirt shops, a lot of those <laughs> shops it owns. So it's very wealthy, very high-minded. It owns the, the Salem artifacts because it was built out right. of a bunch of small museums, small historical museums of Salem back in the day, which was, one was a his, local history museum, which was full of, like, seafaring stuff because Salem was established by marine cap, maritime captains, right. basically. And then a bunch of, like, um, random stuff they brought back from their trips. And historical stuff like Salem witch trial artifacts, but they kept them in the dun- once they once they became a bigger museum, once they joined and had a new plan, a multi-billion-dollar plan, they hid all that stuff down in the in the basement, and then uh, wouldn't talk about it, hated it, didn't like it at all. And you know, as things change, you know, they started, they got a new president, um, and he's a little bit, and the plan is to shift more to local now. So now they have this reputation as a big-time museum, and it's good, it's a good reputation. And now that like now that we have that reputation, our brand is secure. We can start being a little spooky. So right. they 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 let Kurt Hammett's collection of horror memorabilia in a few oh, years wow. ago. That's pretty cool. And this year, yeah, it was really cool, really cool stuff, like all original movie stuff. Wow. And this year, for the first time in I think 30 years, they showed the witch trial artifacts, which are really amazing. They're going, they're oh, wow. they're out now. They open in September. They're still open. Will be be open through April actually. So there's a big big time window to see them. But I have no idea what happens next. Like, if they just take them back down to the basement and forget about them again, or if they figure out a way to do stuff with them. I have no idea. So but it's amazing. Uh, can, you, can you tell us about anything that you saw there, like yeah. any of the artifacts there? Yeah, and it's funny. When I was doing Season with the Witch, they wouldn't let me in the archives. But the, I heard rumors of what existed. And pretty much everything that the, the rumor, every rumor was true. So they have, they have um, like, the, the artifacts from actual victims. Um, uh, so, like... Uh, like chests and walking canes, and they have um, a door. They have door. They have 
planks from the actual prison. They have all the documents. So originally, uh, they're they're showing them out on they have them on display with the actual like warrants and accusations crazy. and you know bills from the jailer because the jailer billed the city for like, holding on to you know prisoners in the original original all like that's the amazing. flowing scripts that's like brown on yellow historical documents you know that kind of stuff. Yeah. So it is there. If you didn't know there were witch trial stuff, you'd be like, oh, this stuff's pretty mundane. An old cane, an old ring, an old chest, an old this that. But it's all from the original victim, so it is astounding. It's a, it's so a small, small exhibit. It's that's not huge, me. but it is powerful. Yeah, I, I, I would. Gee, I got to see that. My goodness. No, I really think people should, because like I said, decades before since they've done it, and I have no idea what the plan is after this. Like I hope that they do it regularly or find a way to permanently do it, but who knows? I don't, I don't know what the plan is yet. But that seems to be like museums. They always just have these exhibits for a month or a year, and they move on to something or something like that. So, yeah, I, yeah. so, yeah, you interviewed, I know the director, the former, I guess, at the time. You interviewed the mayor. Um, yeah, so you got some down and dirty stuff there. Um, mm-hmm. you, you interviewed, I think, the director of the Witch Museum, I think you said in there, too, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Who yeah. did you, which interview did you like most, and what did you, I guess, what was most interesting? What information did you get out of, what was the best one for you, I guess? I think my, my favorite ones, my, I think my favorite one, it probably changes, um, I think at the time it was probably talking to um, Steve the Vampire. Oh, he's, yeah. he's, he's one of the buskers. He's a performer, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's there every year, yeah. dresses up like a blue vampire, looks like the Salem Lot vampire. Yes, yes. And and he's just there. He's always there. Like, oh, I, I call him the blue Santa Claus because I have pictures of him and my ch- children as they grow up, you know? But I think these days, looking back on it, there's this, I can't remember his name, honestly, because I forgot to flip through the book for this interview. But he's a documentary filmmaker, and he just hated everything about Salem as a Halloween destination and Salem as a tourist destination. Yeah. He loves Salem. He loves, you know, it's uh, it's other history. He loved his community. He loved his art scene, but he hated that this place became, you know, nightmare before Christmas every year, you know, and that perspective is the one I wanted to hear the most yeah. um, mm-hmm. because it's such a good, it's such a true perspective. Like me, somebody like me, I love the place. Uh, you know, although I was conflicted going in, cause I wasn't sure how I felt about it. Cause I just visited for a, a Saturday and went back, whatever. Right. Hearing that was so valuable to me to hear the other side of people who couldn't leave their neighborhoods because there's so much traffic on on a weekend in October yeah, I... of you know all the stuff they had to go through, and I, I don't know I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of curmudgeons that's one of my favorite thing about people I like it when they're just neg I like I, I like negative people uh-huh. and hearing that I was like this is what I want to hear because uh, the other thing about Salem is it's full of frictions like everything's a friction there there's a friction between residents and tourists there's a friction between business owners who want to run regular city businesses like jewelry stores and restaurants and t-shirt and, and people who run more Halloween kind of based stuff like uh, t-shirts and photo- photographic pho- mm-hmm. photography places right so there's that friction there's a friction between the witches and the Christians we saw street street preachers you know on the weekends yeah, so there's right, a friction that, between yeah. Art and kitsch, like you said, the museum and the t-shirt shops. There's the friction between, um, you know, the politicians who want to run it a certain way and other politicians who want to run it other ways. No, nothing in Salem is simple. Not you know, there's there's tension between the witches and the, the city. Yeah. T- well, the witches always have tension. They're, 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 <laughs> I love those people. They uh, there's they there's tensions within witches and witches have tensions. Witches in the city have tensions. Witches and Christians have tensions. Witches in Halloween have tensions. It's they're there's like. Uh, they're in a pretty unique spot, the witches of Salem. I love those guys, too. So good point there to the witch. So I have been in – I try to go in every Wiccan shop that's there. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if I've been in all of them. Um, I've tried as many as I can. I've bought a lot of cool stuff. What um, well, There was one you mentioned. It was that big freestanding building, I guess. It's one yeah, of the stores. Yeah, the Crowhaven Crow Corner. I have not been yeah. in that one, but I think that was like well, – that's one of the big ones in town, I guess. Um, yeah, that's – that's a good point too, because I, like I said, I've been going to Salem for years and years before I wrote the book, and there's places I just wouldn't go in. I'm, I'm a, I'm a big coward, so anything that makes me a little bit uncomfortable or awkward, like I just, I just, I don't like doing it. If, and if something, something looks small inside, I won't go inside because I'm just so terrified somebody will say hi to me or something, you know. So Crowhaven Corner, I had never been in. Most, so this was my excuse to go in. I was armed. I had and talked to people. Right, I was armed with this idea. I'm writing a book. Okay, and then that's, that was my intro. That, that was my icebreaker way in, yeah. to make things awkward. Yeah. So I went to every one. single which, yeah, and Crowhaven Corner is daunting it's tiny it's, even though it's a giant black right. building and one, one of the original witch shops back when um um uh, Lori started the, all the whole thing ask you about that yep yeah so but if you go inside it's tiny and you go inside in october it's smashed with people there's readings going on in the back there's Crazy. people buying crystals yeah. in the front there's there's like they have bouncers these days they, actually they have bouncers these days because of covid oh. but before covid no, they I had bouncers you could only, yeah. only let a certain number of people inside because they were so small and there were fire codes 
Sure. So it's very daunting for somebody who doesn't like who, who I like to go into places and not be noticed, and I might get used to it. Place get used to it first, and look around, and then feel comfortable. But those those small those small shops, you can't do that. You're just right away a center of attention the second you walk in. And by the way, just for those who aren't familiar with Lori, that is Lori Cabot, possibly the most famous witch in America. And you got yeah. to have Wicked a sit down. Witch. And you got to sit down and interview her, didn't you? I did. I did. That's... It was so. Oh my god! So good. Wait, really? Yeah. yeah. So I interviewed <gasps> probably. Over a dozen witches for the book, and she was the big one, right? She's, she's in her 80s started, now, right? She's, what she was she like? Yeah. Was she amazing? Yeah, that would she be was incredible. such a presence. So yeah. I remember I got – so she, she, she um, doesn't officially have a shop anymore, but she has ties to one of the shops. And the shop she had a tie to wasn't on Essex Street. It wasn't very atmospheric. It was like in, a, in like a very modern strip mall part of the city. Mm-hmm. Still within walking distance of everything, but you know, on the water right there, very uh, suburban looking. And you walked in there, and the person, you know, the person who runs this actually runs the shop. You know, she let me let me in. Said, "Yeah, Lori's waiting for you around the corner." And they had set up these curtains in this big space, so that it was almost like a tunnel where you walk in and you turn around, and suddenly at the end of this hallway of temporary curtains is this magnificent woman, dressed all in black, mm-hmm. uh, white hair, tattoo on her face of a, of a swirl, got her like big chunky glasses on. And she's just there. And you, and at this point, right, I'd seen so many clips of her, right? Mm-hmm. I was on YouTube like every night going, here's 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 Lori doing um, um, Unsolved Mysteries. Here's Lori on this talk show back in the 80s. Here's Lori talking about. So every, every time somebody did a story about Salem back in the 80s, they had to get a picture of Lori kind of just flowing along the streets in her black outfits. She was so nice and so gentle and so regal and everything I was hoping she would be. Because um, one of the other things that's a little bit uncomfortable for me is I, I, I the, the witches have some of the witches have have um, reputations of being kind of um, capitalists. <laughs> I don't know if that's not a bad thing to say, but um, it's it's very easy to kind of play the part in Salem. You know, I, I'm, a, I'm a witch. I'm, I'm I set up my witchdom as a business. I'm actually selling you stuff. Yeah. It's not mm-hmm. it's it's a religion, but it's also really tied to the commerce of the city. So oh, there's some yeah. like again friction. There's not, nothing but friction in Salem. So it's, throughout I love the country, I think it's very interwoven that it's yeah. it's hard to disentangle that. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and like some of the witch shops are just on the corner of their. They're the only witch shop in town. These are there's a thousand witch shops within a walk, and there you know that most of them are catering to tourists, right? They're oh, not yeah. all catering to people of the people of the Wicked religion. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I have like I have like vials of porcupine yeah. spines. Oh, on my I got all kinds of I just buy stuff. crap in my house. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So I was really I was a really um. And I also, I also don't believe in like paranormal ability, so like I, I was very afraid that it would be very awkward that she would be she would seem like fake, right? And that, there's another part is because she's been the face of Salem for so long, and because she's been on so much TV, and because she's famous, that she kind of buys into her own legend. And maybe she does, I don't know. But in that hour or so hour hour and a half I had with her, man, she was just everything I wanted her to be. Like my fantasy of her was just completely fulfilled, and she's like this regal witch just with like this massive history. But also very down to earth. Like she, it wasn't like you know whatever she talked about family and you know raising a kid and like all this other regular regular stuff. She just so happened to be you know the most famous witch you know in the United States. Right. Right. Yeah, I know it's such a so so cool meeting her. That's awesome. Yeah, I remember. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to read those old Time Life books. If you guys remember <laughs> Mysteries of the Un, yeah, and totally, she yeah. she was in there. I remember reading those books when I was a kid, and I was like, oh, yeah, that that is so cool. That is so cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah she's, I don't know, she's so great. Like, I don't know. It's like, that's another thing about, the, the, <laughs> there's a lot of fighting among the witches up there because, mm-hmm. again, if you can be famous in Salem as a witch, you can turn into a media career, maybe. Maybe not these days. It's, it's, there's so many of them and whatever. Mm-hmm. So many, and it's such a, whatever, the USA Today runs a witch story every other day, so it's not as, as interesting as it was back when Lori was the only witch in town. Sure. But, um, you know, so there's some vying for the top top witch spot in Salem, but she just, you know, she has it. She is. She's it. And she'll have it. You know, longer if she's gone, she'll have it. You know. That's so cool. So you stayed, I guess, in two different places, right? Mm-hmm. When you were there. Yeah. And you yeah. Made, so you made it work. You got lucky. So then. Really lucky. Yeah. Like so lucky that it shouldn't have worked. It shouldn't that's, have worked. That, that's that means something. Um, favorite restaurant? Did you have one? Yeah. So. Tons of restaurants. Honestly, the restaurant scene since I since that book has exploded even more. I mean, there's been such a such a unique restaurant place. Right. In fact. Um, I don't know if I wrote this in the book, but I have had a friend you know, who lives in uh, outside of Boston. And I told him, "Hey, my next book is I'm gonna go live in and write about Salem." <laughs> his comment, his comment was, was, "What's in Salem except restaurants?" Like he totally didn't even con- connect wow. Halloween and weirdness. Maybe he we went up there every there. Sunday, yeah. and yeah, he went up there to Harrison's to, to get the comics, and he went right. up there to like eat some good food. So my favorite of all of them 
um, is the lobster sh- lobster shanty. Uh, it's this okay. tiny little, tiny little, tiny little actual shanty. Like there's no floor. It's a cement floor. Yeah. It's on Artist Row. It's only open. It can't be open in the wintertime because of that. Okay. And they, I love, I love shellfish. That's this. I can live off every shellfish. Like I don't care what what shell it yes. is, but I'll, I'll eat is it. Is that I, where I don't you like get fish. the pickle or whatever martini? Yeah. Uh. Yes, yes. I, they also <laughs> I remember the reading about it. <laughs> yeah. So they're famous for their lobster good. martini. I think they were on Guy Fieri for their lobster oh, martini, yeah, which they yeah. just take a lobster essence, mix it with vodka, right. and throw a, cla- a, a full lobster claw on the outside of it. So it's kind of cool. But I learned while I was there, they had this thing called a, uh, or I think I learned, I learned it quite a little bit before, but uh, it's a hot and dirty pickle martini. Anything pickles, and, you got me. Yeah. yeah, so if you're a big if you're a big fan of dirty martinis, which I am, I'm a huge fan of dirty martinis, it's kind of like that, but kicked up. So it's made of gin or vodka. You can do vodka too. I'm a gin guy. But gin, sriracha sauce. Um, local pickle juice from a local Salem. I don't know what pickle juice. Uh, live on pickle juice. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I can't do now. And it's just so. And then they they um uh, the uh, what do you call it? The garnish is like a pickle, and it's this pink drink because of sriracha. You know, it mixes with the green pickle juice because it's some weird shade of pink. And I ordered it. Um, every time I ordered it at Slopster Shanty, because I mean every night after all the tourists went home, I still needed to like uh, right. eat and something. So I'd go sit at a bar and write my notes down and order a drink. And every time it's a lobster shanty, every time I ordered one, everybody would want one because it looks so weird. I don't, they didn't all like it, but they would all order one. And it's my, I don't know, I like to, I always tell people I like to fight with my drinks. I like to fight with my, that's why I like gin. Um, and I, I can't drink vodka because I don't, I don't taste it. There's nothing to it. And that's one you fight with. But as soon, but as soon as you develop a taste for it, you can't have almost anything else. It's yeah, like, that oh man, interesting. I, I can't order another drink to lobster shanty. I, I only go to the lobster shanty now almost. That's not true, but I, I, I kind of want to. <laughs> right. But if you want, if you, I will say this: if you want a great Halloween cocktail, so the other thing about Salem that I, I haven't seen anywhere else is, the restaurants go so far out for Halloween, right. like I've never seen in my of life. Course. They all decorate, they they color like horror characters all over their windows, and then they all do themed menus, themed cocktail menus, and the um, uh, the Rockefellers, which is right on Essex Street, um, they have an amazing menu of themed cocktails. So when oh, I go wow. there. Oh, and this is only during October, maybe some, some of September. They have this thing called a candy corn teeny. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which is, I don't even know what's in it, but it looks That's like it's yellow and orange candy corn. Interesting. Big whipped cream and then candy corn dropped on top of it. And it's super sweet and it's that really good. That sounds right up my alley. <laughs> it's really good. It's really good. So, so I'm on, I go to Salem like in October or early, late September. I'm like, oh, do I want, you know, savory sour pickle drink or do I want sweet candy corn teeny drink? I mean, yeah, but at yeah, least you but, know you've got both covered. <laughs> That's yeah, right. exactly, exactly. So it's uh, it's it's not lobster shanty, but if you um, but they have so many, so many good restaurants. I always tell people if you don't know what restaurant you like there, go to Rockefellers because it's so centrally located. It's big, lots of all, they always have a place to sit, and you can if you get a table at the window, you can just see all the mm-hmm. all the crazy people walking by sure. on the street in costumes and stuff. So awesome. All right, so what do you call the last chapter? H day. So <laughs> Halloween. Um, is it personally for me? Like, that's my favorite day of the year. But I, I have my own Halloween celebrations that I do, and I just don't think I could do it in Salem. I just don't think I could. I don't know, man. Like, you mentioned An- Anoka, Minnesota, like the Halloween parade they have there. You know, uh, New York City does some crazy stuff. But, yeah, I don't know if I could do it, but um, it, was, it was a blast, though, right? Yeah, so I'm with you on that. So for me, so I celebrate Halloween for two months. So like literally, yes. first first week of September, we have decorations up. We are watching super, super It's Halloween in here all the time for me. But. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. I just I just feel like I have so much I want to squeeze into that season that you know I need two months of it. So Halloween day for me is usually a, a denouement or denouement, whatever they say. It's a come down, and it's very very soft and like I, I, we go trick or treating, but it's not really a highlight. It's just the end of the day, and we watch the movies, and just we're like, okay, that's two months of Halloween over. Let's take a break now and breather. But, you know, so I'm, I'm a really laid back guy on Halloween. But, of course, I had to do I had to do H day, like, really intensely for that day. And it was exhausting. I was, at the end of the day, my feet hurt so bad. Because right. there's so much to see, so much to do. And it was, uh, fortunately, it fell on a weekday, weekend, weekend day. Okay. So that meant Halloween from, you know, the second, like, we were we got up in the morning to carve pumpkins and just watched people in masks walk by our windows. We were on Essex Street in the second half of the, second half of the right. um, month. And it was like right away, just right away, they're like there. And then I wanted to, I had a whole checklist of stuff I wanted to do. I wanted to go to a witch, um, go to as many witch um, ceremonies as I could. We wanted to actually trick or treat. I want to do kids. that. I want to go to that, that parade or what, not a parade, but they had like a march, I guess, with some. Yeah, of the, yeah I want to do that. That I think would be really cool. 
That was cool. It's a bunch of a bunch of the um, Covens get together. I don't know the I don't know the appropriate term. I'll just say Coven. Yeah. But a bunch of them get together and they they gather in downtown Salem. Then they walk a mile to the site to the site of the witch victims, right. uh, which they back then it was Gallows Hill Park. So I think they probably have shifted it to the actual memorial these days. But they go down there. They do like a ceremony. Um, I couldn't go. I, it's a mile walk. I couldn't do it that time. I did the mile walk on my own, but I couldn't do it that time because I had to come back and see another witch ceremony. They do a big circle in the middle of the uh, the common, and do all that kinds of stuff. And then I had to go to a couple of balls. I went to the witch's ball. I think I went to one, one of the balls. Yes. And I had to just walk around because even if you have no plans on Halloween night, they have bands set up and fireworks. And yeah, fireworks. It, it was a, a so mob awesome. scene. Yeah, <laughs> Halloween fireworks. It. It's a mob scene. But again. Because I was there as an observer, it was a lot of fun. But if I was like, what would I want to do this Halloween? I probably wouldn't go to Salem on Halloween night. You know, it's not, not what I would do right. as, a, as a person. It, it gets, like, scripted for me. So then I guess what I want to say, I guess this could we could talk about this part forever. But, yeah, also part of that for me is the fact that we're taking something horrible that happened. I mean, I've been reading about this stuff my whole life. And mm-hmm. you're just exploiting it, I guess. I know it's the whole friction thing you're talking about with so mm-hmm. many different ideas. Is this city about tourism? Is it about art and this museum? Is it about just a quiet place people want to live? But the reality is people are coming there because they want to see this witch stuff. So I don't know. There's the idea for me of just having this big party based on awful things that happened kind of rubs me the wrong way. I don't know. But. Yeah, and that's good. It should be. I think if you forget that, then you are probably guilty, right? It, it, to me, it's... Um, it's <laughs> it's knowledgeable dancing on graves <laughs> is what it is. So it, it I, I had this I had this theory I've never tested it out that every cool every big thing we do is based on a tragedy at some point like something bad like at Christmas I don't Christmas I, it, and, and that's how we deal with it right we have to if we're too solemn about something that happened 400 years ago mm-hmm. then it's probably we probably never dealt with it honestly but if we forget about it at the same time. We are definitely not dealing with it, honestly. And I think Salem has accomplished that on accident. So Salem, I think, has accomplished this like memorial on accident. They inadvertently have made sure we remember the Salem witch trials um, yeah. by doing by being callous, honestly. But not all of them, obviously, but a lot of them, not a lot of them, but like by being callous toward them, somehow they made it so that we remembered it. So it's almost like you can't give credit for it and you can't really blame. That's why I love it. You can't give credit or blame for it. All these random pieces just fell into place so that, you know, now it's Halloween Town. Now it's Monster Town. Now it's all these other things. It's witch, the, the religious witch central. Yeah. yeah. But again, you have to know, you have to remember at all times that it went back to 1692. And But then once you remember that, I'm okay with you taking your cheeseburger into the graveyard. <laughs> as long as you don't hurt anything. Right. <laughs> there's don't, obviously there's yeah, a line. Don't, don't. And for witches, yeah, it is, for witches, it is a very important holiday in the Wheel of the Year. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's uh, the New Year. Outside of Halloween. I yeah, mean, it's not... Year. Yeah, it's it's the Wiccan New Year. It's it's the pagan New Year. Um, so it's it's a very important day, I think, for them, which which would add to the big, the big celebratory kind of feeling of it because you're celebrating the end of harvest and the beginning of, of yeah. the new year and everything. So, and I, I defend I defend all that, but if you took photos of it all and put it together, it would look mm-hmm. this, it would look atrocious. <laughs> you took a picture of people <laughs> yeah, partying, just, just drunk in the streets. And then witches trying to have their ceremony, yeah. and then historians trying to protect, you know, everything. Right. You, you would definitely fall. So you would definitely hate. You'd hate it in a second. Yeah. But the idea of it, if we were all just doing it respectfully, not even not even respectfully, just doing it mindfully, mm-hmm. um, is, is, is is kind of what I like about it. But mm-hmm. it is. It does get kind of. You like look around at a tourist, and you're like, man, this this feels a little wrong. But again, I like to feel a little wrong sometimes, so okay. I'm okay with that too. <laughs> well, yeah, awesome though. So yeah, everybody, you know, plug here, of course, read it. Season with the witch. Mm-hmm. It's very very good. So, a couple of TV shows, some movies, um, have been done there, and this will segue us into our film discussion. Of course, Hocus Pocus. I mean, we all love that movie, right? Yes. And yeah. The Hocus- they just announced a sequel last yesterday, didn't they? Ooh, wow. Oh my gosh, I missed it. No, that's amazing. So no yeah, kidding. Disney Disney just announced like ten new Star Wars series and ten new Marvel series and a million movies, all coming to Disney Plus. And okay. one of those hidden in those announcements of like 10 new Star Wars series was Hocus Pocus 2 coming out at some point and going straight to so the So I Plus. guess when That's that comes out, I'll have to get Disney for a month. <laughs> yep, you have, have to break down and get it. So yeah, yeah. you got to go see the Hocus Pocus house, which, of course, once I saw it, you don't see in the movie. I didn't know it was right next to the, the bay or the water there. That's pretty mm-hmm. cool. It's right on the end, end of the street there. And the house where What's-Her-Face lives in, and they have the Salem Village you can go visit. Uh, Bewitched did an episode there. They have the statue, of course, mm-hmm. in the, which, by the way, great army surplus store right outside that statue. 
I got some yeah. camo shorts there. I highly recommend it. But, <laughs> but I'm just plugging everything. You're not wrong. Um, but that brings us to the Lords of Salem, which they shot Yay. quite a bit of. Um, now, JW, I know you know, and I have a photo of me. I think it's on my company's Facebook. It's me outside of the house there, this, uh, the Lords of Salem house. When I finally got to see it, I was so excited to see it. I got my picture out there. So, Lords of Salem, Rob Zombie's third movie, I think. He did have. That music is so great. I love that music. Oh, it's so creepy. So, I don't know. Tara, do you want to jump us into lead us through Lords yeah, of Salem? Yeah, sure. So, so uh, real quick, we're just going to kind of talk about it casually, but real quick first, let me give you guys a uh, rundown on what happens in the movie for those who may not have seen it yet, which, by the way, please rectify that. Go see it. Or for those who saw it a while ago and and maybe want to just be reminded, <laughs> just a little, like, That's right. memory jogger there. That's right. So, Heidi who is a descendant of the Reverend John Jonathan Hawthorne. Heidi Hawthorne, yes. That's right. Yes, it's actually Adelheid <laughs> Hawthorne. Yes. Sherry Moon Zombie, um, Rob Zombie's but she goes very by, hot wife. She goes by Heidi, um, and she's a descendant of Reverend Jonathan Hawthorne, who was a judge at the Salem Witch Trials, and he really was, I think, a judge at the Salem Witch Trials. Correct me if I'm wrong. You mentioned yeah, Hawthorne a lot in your book. That's right, yeah. Okay, that's, that's what right. I thought. Okay, so she's one of his descendants and she's a shock jock with two of her friends herman aka whitey and herman and yes you heard me right they're both named herman ken forey yeah and then an lp or for those of you babies out there it's a record it's a thing Rec- we, we used to listen to music on back. records are back now though <laughs> yeah that's true they're back yeah. in a retro way now so maybe you know what a record is right so a record is sent to the to her specifically by a band i'll put it in quotes called the lords um who they then on the air dubbed the lords of salem it has an ominous sounding song on it the one you heard me uh doing pretty good too that was was pretty good thank you pretty proud of that that uh impression of it um so they play the song on the air and it bewitches all the women of salem and uh they at the same time as they're playing it they have this scholar on salem's witch trials who's on the air so he tries starts trying to figure out what's going on with this creepy song and as he's doing that heidi just plunges into insanity urged on by her witchy landlady and the landlady's two friends yeah nice trio of witches there which i love my my friend d wallace is in yes d wallace the inimitable um and Heidi then attends a performance that the Lords of Salem are giving for free. And at that show, all the women of Salem are bewitched again. And Heidi gives birth to the Antichrist. Which is always a fan favorite. <laughs> and then, yeah, and she has, oh, it's, there's this amazing shot of her with the, like, like the Virgin Mary, but with the red cape and standing on all the piles of the dead women. It's yes, amazing. yes. And then the, it ends with the very next day, we hear a news story on the radio that says that there was a mass suicide at the show and that Heidi is missing. And yep. that's the story. And there's your Lords of Salem. So, okay, so Rob Zombie is my favorite performer, musician, person, right? Like, I've been listening to White Zombie since I was like 12 years old. I've seen his shows four or five times. I'm wearing his T-shirt. I um, love his movies. I mean, that is like my dude. He's an artist. He's an incredibly talented guy. Um, Halloween, his remakes were, you know, not terrible. But this, I mean, don't forget, and as you know, J.W., he's from Haverhill in Massachusetts, mm-hmm. of course. So he grew up with this stuff. He kind of had this knowledge of this mm-hmm. stuff. So he finally put pen to paper and, and, and to film, I guess you would say, and made this movie. I think it's his best movie. I just think it's so, um, I don't even want to say supernatural. It's just so interesting um it's super creepy and it does a really good job of kind of telling us this different story of everything he uses his wife that's his wife sherry zombie she's an all he uses the same cast members he loves these old 70s 60s horror film folks like ken ford from dawn of the dead d wallace meg foster who's much older than that patricia quinn yep Mm -hmm. there you go he uses all these folks in his movies i think sherry moon she does a really good job in this i think she's very good i love all the locations the little um, like the, the house in downtown we talked about, um, the town common they show. Uh, what's is it the old? What's the building in downtown that they show the? The old town hall. Is it the old town? Okay. Mm-hmm. The sem- What is the name of that cemetery? 
they it's a green, green mountain right? green lawn. Green i have not green been, i have not been there okay so i actually found um well my husband found i'll give him the credit for it credit <laughs> where credit's due my husband found a website um called then and now movie oh, locations and they have a bunch of they have pictures of the bunch of the movie oh. locations um yeah, for lords of salem I'm a big I'm a big fan of visiting filming locations, especially horror movies, and um, so it almost, it's almost ruined me. So like me and my wife will sit down to watch a movie, and then within five minutes they show the establishing shot. We're like, okay, pause. Where's the shot? What's the city? Oh yeah, me too. I, this, uh, I gotta know. And I will say for Lords of Salem, I watched Lords of Salem the first time in Salem. Oh. And nice. uh, yeah, I was at a friend's house. We lived down there, right on right on the the whenever the the heritage line, the the red line that goes through this the city. And this old, old house, we watched that, but <laughs> because I was, I was making a day of it, I wanted to watch, I would say, at night with a drink, whatever. So during the day, we just tried to find all the sites, even though we hadn't watched the movie yet. And <laughs> so we, we went to, we went to the, the cemetery, went to the house. I missed half of them, of course, I hadn't watched the movie yet. But I, I, had, I knew I would have to go see these sites, and if I was going to see the movie at night and, and then go home and not be able to see the, the places where it filmed... I was, it's gonna be a big bummer to me because I'm just a huge fan of like the space and oh. geography in a movie. So I'll tell so you. You actually, you said you lived on Essex Street your second mm-hmm. half of the month there. Were you anywhere near that apartment building that she's in that's on Essex and Hamilton Streets? That house is is, is right down the road from the where the um, Witch Museum. It's only like a five minute walk to the Witch Museum though, isn't it? I think. Yeah, it's near the yeah. Ropes House. So the, the Ropes House that's is where right. they filmed uh, Hocus Pocus. That's so right. I was actually closer to that oh, house. Cool. In my so I, my first house I lived in for the first half of the month was on Chestnut Street, which is this house full of mansions. It's all built by like maritime captains mm. that struck it rich, and I, I lucked out, got a, got. A, in there, and that was really close to the house. So if you go to the Ropes Mansion, you just keep walking like two blocks, and you get to the Lords of Salem house. Yep. Oh, nice. That sounds right. Mm-hmm. That was such a cool apartment building. It was. So the inside was a set, but if you if you look at the, um, if, I don't know if it's still there on Zillow, but you could look inside that building, um, and it had like a mural on the wall in real life, and it, it obviously wasn't like cool. It wasn't that so wasn't Rob it, Zombie aesthetic. Yeah. <laughs> but, is it apartments or is it like a just someone's giant house on the, the corner? You know? It was originally a house. I think it's been broken up though. Yeah. Knowing knowing Massachusetts. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's a giant house. Those been all broken those up, big huh? huge houses from 100 years ago. Yeah, they're all apartments yeah. now, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was a, one of the first stops for me when we got there. I remember. Um, no. I really like that movie. I think it is just very odd. Um, and, I mean, the shots of, you know, the witches by the fire and them bleeding and, you know, taking their clothes and having their Sabbath and just, mm-hmm. that was intense. I mean, there's some stuff in there that, that's kind of hard to watch, like desecrations of, of, of religious, you know, crosses and just the way they do it. And they give birth and it's like a lobster <laughs> bait. Well, no, not for me, but for some people, that's something that they watch and they may take as seriously offensive. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just saying. Um, but no, yeah, fair point. I love yes, it. I, but yeah, I do too. So again, if, if you were that, if, if you were, you know, someone who didn't think that was what you wouldn't be watching it anyway. anyway so it, it doesn't matter. But. <laughs> I would say it's the only Rob Zombie movie that my wife has watched. Okay. Um, I, I think probably the only one I would, I would suggest to her just aesthetically. So I, I followed Rob Zombie. Same, same in, in high school. It was, it was all white zombie. And then I kind of got disconnected for a while. And I remember walk, I, we were, I was in Florida. And we're in the middle of a hurricane watch, and a bunch of us had got a cabin in the middle of the, in the, middle of the state to, uh, sit, to sit out the hurricane from the coast. And I hadn't seen TV for months because of, because of my situation. And we walked into this cabin, and the TV was on, and Dragula was playing the video. Ooh. And I was like, ah, this is yeah. – I love this aesthetic. This yeah. is gorgeous. I love this thing. that. And I found as Rob Zombie, what he'd become, he'd like evolve from White Zombie into this thing, this like aesthetic. And I love the song, love the music, uh, love the look of it. Yep. And then, of course, as a horror fan, um, and just followed his movie career from yep. the from the beginning. Right. Um, and I do think, I, I think Devil's Reject is it's a brilliant film. Did, it's a brilliant film that I can never recommend anybody. You, but it's a brilliant. Did film. you like Three from Hell, the third one? Did you see no, it? No, I, 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 So with him, it's like I could probably almost track it, right? So I think House of Thousand Corpses was was landmark for what it did. Yeah, I love it. it, 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 it I can't t- I can't recommend it to people. Great movie, but, yeah, if you're like into like just wild. <laughs> Rob Zombie nonstop, just doing, LSD just no, thinking trip. about one movie, and I'm, yeah. it's brilliant, it's brilliant in that movie. Yeah. And I, thought, I thought Devil's Reject was brilliant. I, I Very good. Devil's Reject, somebody gets up most horror movies. And good. then, like you said, the the Halloween movie I wasn't into, but mostly not because of Rob Zombie, mostly because I don't want to learn Mike Myers' entire entire the story. Whole, yeah, backstory, yeah, yeah. And then 2, I liked. I actually liked Halloween 2. I like 2, two I better. Was, yes, I like 2 better yeah. also. Visually, it's great. I just thought it was like not a Mike Myers movie. Like, if you put some other monster in the place of Mike Myers, I think we'd all find that brilliant. And then this movie was when I got, I was like, man, this guy's. Because these days, if you say Rob Zombie, you immediately think of his like 
redneck white trash aesthetic. Yes. And you're like, yes. okay, that's kind of cool. He loves that. But he, he does, it, does it so much that people get tired of it. But I think this movie, Lord of Salem, is where it fits the best. Right. Um, he's not using his same. Right. He's not using the whole. You know. Yeah. The, the white trash story of the you know the drug mm-hmm. addict or whatever. Well, she's a drug addict. But this, yeah, this is a totally there, different story. It's, right. It's organic. It should be there. Right. And then it's like a story. He's got like well, it's a story for Rob Zombie. He's, he's got like two researchers talking at one point. Yeah. And you don't see that in mm-hmm. a Rob Zombie movie. Usually it's like. Five seconds in blood. Five seconds in blood. But he has like yeah. he has like a, this guy investigating investigating the the, the history and past. And it's like it's a throwback to obviously the sixties and seventies um, occult movies. I but, felt like that so uh, much. Right, that's yeah. why it's so um, good. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, he like Black Sunday and mm-hmm. Black like there was so much sixty seven because this is the this is I have this in common with your wife. This is the first uh, Rob Zombie movie I've seen. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first time I've seen it. So this was new to me, his whole aesthetic and everything. Oh, I and, love that. Um, I found I really enjoyed it. It yeah. was, it was, I think I, there was something about the, the enjoyment, the gleefulness of, of the descent yeah. <laughs> that I loved. Like the little old, like, the witches of a certain age, <laughs> I call them. Um, but I loved them. I loved their like little like bickering at yeah, yeah, yeah. with each other, and like I loved the, I loved that it ended badly. Like mm-hmm. well, my Rob husband and I are big usually... fans of stuff like The Witch and stuff yeah. like that, where it like does end badly. <laughs> yeah, and that's why I like his movies. Um, they usually end badly, which for people, yeah. yes, which I like. It showed like I don't know. It showed like a, 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 I thought it was showing like a. He was not maturing. It's a bad word to use, but like he was definitely kind of feeling out his director chops. Right? That again, was a filmmaker's can, movie, right? He was. It was. Yeah, because he, he can make he can make whatever Three from Hell and Thirty One uh, without even thinking about it. Right? He'll take a second. Yeah. yeah, he'll just make it, and nobody really cares about it. And he, right. he didn't even have to try, you know. But it felt like with Lords of Salem, he was trying to do something a little bit, not lose himself, but try something a little different. I think it worked. Like I. I think the first time I watched it, I wasn't sure because I was expecting a Rob Zombie joint. You know, I was expecting, you know, everything I'd, I'd seen before then. Right. So that's why I'm super curious, uh, Tara, that you got to see it without any Rob Zombie baggage. Like, I always wondered what that felt like because I, I had tons of Rob Zombie baggage. Right. I could never but, imagine that exactly. Well, yeah, I, yeah. I'll tell you. Yeah. I'll tell you what it felt like then. It was, you know, so I wouldn't say it was like my favorite horror movie or anything by any means, but I enjoyed it. It was fun. Mm. Um, visually, it was it was awesome visually. Oh. I mean, there was just so much, so much there. Yeah. Um, I thought it was really cool looking, and and some of the things he does with flashes of things, and you know, in the middle of of scenes of the vignettes, it was. I just thought it was really cool. <laughs> like it yeah, was I, literally I the it. movie like, where you're like, "This is cool." It's definitely. I, mean, I love how he did Salem. Like it was like it was like. He, Anytime they went out, anytime they went off a set, right? All, all the mm-hmm. sets are like music video sets. They're gorgeous and like interesting yes. to look at. And the second they got outside of the sets and, and into Salem, it's like overcast and and like very desaturated. I love that. And I love that version of Salem. It's like my favorite version of Salem. It's like I wish Salem was like this all the time, just wandering around the cobblestone streets with like gray around you and stuff. I I, I like his version of Salem a lot. There yeah, was, I, I think... loved, of course, I loved what she, everything she wore. My husband was like, you would oh, dress yeah. like her if you could just get away with it. He was like, you would just dress like her. Like women at... women with dreadlocks. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Yes. Um, yeah, the dreadlocks were cool. I love the scene they shoot in the cemetery. Yeah, with the leaves falling and the color. And there is one shot where I feel like I could almost see myself behind that camera. Remember, she's sitting down after she has that nightmare in the church and she's like smoking a cigarette. And it's that, that shot of her, and she's so, the focus is so perfect. I imagine it, it's a 35 or a 50 millimeter lens, probably. And that church is just, you know, kind of blurred out, and it's just so symmetrical, mm-hmm. like a Stanley Kubrick shot. Like, mm-hmm. oh, mm-hmm. I just like fell in love with that stuff. I, I, just, yeah. I just love that. It's so great. I, I, you're right. I think because he, he kind of films his movies in album covers, right? Like, he could they cut up his movies using album covers, but the album covers in Salem, in, in Lords of Salem, are much more architected. Like they're not like crazy heavy metal cover album covers. They are, like you said, there's this like mood to them and this yeah. piece to mm-hmm, them and it's like mm-hmm. symmetry and like, I don't know. Obviously, he goes a little he goes a little heavy metal in, in his sets when he's like instead of glowing crosses and stuff. But again, out, his outside shots are just so I don't know. I I've seen that movie probably six times now, and I usually <laughs> almost always for a research project. Like I, the first time I watched it was so I could go see the site. The second time I watched it was probably for the book. Yeah. The third time I watched it, I was probably writing about it in the book. And this time it was to prep for you guys. Yeah. 
So it was always, I always have a reason to watch it. And I, it's just grown on me and grown on me and grown mm-hmm. on me until it's like almost become a comfort film. Like as, <laughs> as weird as it to say, I put it on in the next room Did, and just listen to and like how screams. how can you not love stuff. that scary chicken wing arm baby? <laughs> like, really how can you see that and not or love her, it? Or, or, or the yeah. witchy, you know, that keeps popping up when she's walking from one room and she's there and then she's up in the corner yes. of the kitchen. Oh my God. She's like standing mm. on the counter. Yeah. Just like, oh. And, Foster, and she yeah, has yeah. those Foster. creepy blue eyes, yeah, those like ice blue eyes. <laughs> so yeah, there was one thing, mm, speaking mm. of Kubrick, I don't know if you guys got this vibe. I don't know what the painting is. It might be a famous painting. I'm just, I don't even know about it. Her bedroom with the, the, the moon, the man in the moon deal, but there the wall behind her is painted mm-hmm. and those yeah. two like glass tables. When I'm watching that, I'm seeing the Corova milk bar scene at the beginning <laughs> of, um, <laughs> uh, whatchamacallit, um, uh, Clockwork Orange. I so don't know. So that's actually from the movie, the really old movie, The Man in the Moon. Okay. I, I knew there was something I was early, missing. It's one of the early, early movies. Okay. Yeah, one of the first films. One of the Lumiere, Lumiere Brothers films. But yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's I what I see, right. yeah. I guess, when I see that, though. That's interesting. Okay. Yeah. You know, Terra, of course, we're, we love dogs on this show. What happened to Troy? Right? Her dog, we never found out. What happened oh, to Troy? Right. And it ends with no, like a no, nice no, little vignette of playing. Yeah, I noticed specifically... That the witches, when they were when they were taking her in the end to the down the hallway, right. that they shut him back up in, in the, the bathroom. In her, but then we never yeah, saw in him the again. bathroom. Right. So, so I presume that okay. they shut him in there because they may be witches, but they don't want to hurt innocent dogs. Good. We like that. We don't like the damn. Dogs. And that he was found <laughs> by a friend, and maybe like Whitey took him home. Okay. So he has a new home now. Yeah. <laughs> He's fine. Yeah. He He's was fine. rehomed happily. Yeah. Yes. Happily rehomed. A new forever home. Um, yes, yeah, yes. And, and, and I love that vignette. Is yeah, it is weird. Like she's playing with the dog, and all of a sudden, like boom, and it just ends. But mm-hmm. before that, I, or maybe after, I love the vignette of all the downtown sites in Salem too, like the the bewitched uh, thing, and mm-hmm. they show all those yeah. cool. That was really cool. That was I, I, I like that a lot. Yeah, he really embraced it. I he mean, it, he, obviously, he has a history with it from Haverhill. I don't know if you've ever been there as a as a kid, but obviously, people in Massachusetts have a history with it. I've been, and he embraced it. He's like he. He really wanted to make a Salem movie. And I remember when he was filming it, like he like following the I was following the news reports happening, you know, I was like, Oh, he's he's here now, he's here now, oh, he's, I wish he's here I now. I've been to watch that, oh man. Yeah, and I tried to get over that. I just, I just couldn't couldn't get make it make it happen. But like I don't know, he just really kind of embraced it. I, and I, in ways that I mean Salem is actually not a well filmed lo- movie location. Really, there's not only Hocus Pocus is the only famous one, there's some very very yeah, independent ones. True. Now we have Hubie Halloween, of course, that yes. is also filmed there. Yeah. But um he I, nobody else has embraced Salem quite like zombie did it, yeah. it felt like a real place as, as, as opposed to like a fantasy halloween yes. place like uh, in hocus pocus or even in Hubie halloween yep and i wonder sure. you, you know with you talking about all the all the sort of back and forth with salem and and the oh the word escaped my mind but you know the the different the factions yeah the friction <laughs> yeah. is yeah um the friction that I wonder how people felt about him making that particular movie in Salem. Like, I wonder how the Wiccans felt. I wonder how the people who just live there and are, like, regular everyday folks felt. You can can imagine the conversations, because on one hand, we're all starstruck when you hear about a movie being filmed nearby, right? Sure. Oh, that's awesome. We don't care. Use my house. Paint it. I don't care. And then on the other hand, secondly, you're like, oh, crap. They're gonna, the tourists are coming now, right? Well, All and then as a Wiccan, you're like, coming. oh, another movie about evil witches. Great. How bad are we, how that's bad are we portrayed? That's part yeah, of how bad there. are we going to look in this one? That's part <laughs> yeah. of living there, though. So, I'm sure you, it was funny, too, because you could see during the um, filming and site before, like, he'd, Rob Zombie would start visiting places, and, like, he went to Count Orlocks, and there's a mm-hmm. picture of him with uh, with one of the, whoever runs, mm-hmm. I don't think it was James, but somebody, I mean, it was James. Uh and him at, at the witch museum yeah. and all the, all these places. So like, I don't know, just a really cool intersection. Because again, it's an intersection of a guy who's got a huge horror rep, right? Mm-hmm. And Salem, which has a huge horror rep. And I just love that idea of like the person and the place is kind of meeting and what came out of that is Lords of Salem. And I, I'm really, really jazzed by it. It is kind of surprising that people haven't done more stuff there. But I mean, I guess yeah. that's probably okay with a lot of people that live there. <laughs> so. Not- it's funny because you, you have to be okay with it, right? So yeah. if you try to film in Salem, Salem's going to be there. It's like, uh, it, it, it's, it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a city that's like, you can't pretend it's a any other place, right? You have to admit uh, I'm not going to talk about tourism. We're going to have to show the Bewitch statue. I can't pretend it's any any place USA, you know, or any place Massachusetts even. You have to embrace it. And he definitely did. He's like, this Which is Which may be why Salem. there aren't tons of movies 
set yeah, there because it's so. just it's too hard. You have yeah. to make the town one of the characters. Yeah. It's gonna be the star. It's gonna, yeah, I yeah. think you're right. Yeah, yeah, it can't just be one of the characters. It has to be one of the major characters. <laughs> like, it's... yeah, why'd you why'd, why'd you film this in Salem? I don't know. They just live in Salem. No, nope, yeah. it's not good no, enough. They no, have to be no. the Halloween. They have <laughs> to be witches. They have to do all this stuff. Right. You know. <laughs> But yeah, no, definitely interesting spin. I like the ending. Um, yeah, that's crazy at the end when she's like that, you know, um, I don't know what's the word I'm looking for. She's like a an idol, I guess, right? And she's on top yeah. of all the dead. Uh, but that was wild. But I've seen it interpreted as Bride of Satan. Is what I've seen it yeah. interpreted as. Yeah, and then she gets burst with a lobster yes. baby, whatever the hell that thing is supposed to be. And then oh my gosh, it it was <laughs> like lobster. It was it was a craw a crawfish or something. Right, yeah. like I a know. Crawdaddy. It was yes. Yeah, I didn't. Oh, it was not hu- it was yes <laughs> scary it's very very david very um Cronenberg for sure oh, oh it so was oh. Yeah. body horror now you've sure. hit on one of my favorites <laughs> i love Cronenberg. we got to get to some Cronenberg at some point too we oh have we have really to mm. yeah but um we have got to yeah no overall i think um like i said i love most of his movies i think it's awesome yeah really cool i'm glad he did all that so um, we just did a lot of Salem right there, guys. That was, um, yeah, yeah. Awesome. in December, we did it in December, <laughs> yeah. which I think is super admirable. I love, I love like, just, it feels like a time, it feels like a little bit of a time travel for me. Like, right, come upstairs, all my Christmas trees up right. and all the holly and tinsels up and I come down into my basement and it's Halloween. Right. I love it. It's so, yeah. uh, so you are, you are going to be on air with us. Right after um, Gremlins. Oh, that's right. Which was our oh, ho- holiday movie. Yes. So cool. Nice, <laughs> yeah. nice. It's a good one. So you're our New Year movie, I guess. It'll <laughs> work. Perfect. I'll That'll take work. it. Yeah, yeah. So right, right about then is when make... you start w- w- wishing for Halloween. You're like, oh, it's January. What's next? Yes. No good holidays until Halloween. Count no, I'm already months. wishing for it when I'm hearing Christmas music. I'm like, oh, God, <laughs> give me Halloween back. Right, exactly. <laughs> so here is my... My suggestion, I don't know if this was on. Maybe I missed it. Maybe we just mentioned it. Okay, great movie, The Good Son, twisted movie. Mm-hmm. Have you been to the house in near Marblehead where they lived that was supposed to be Maine in the movie? Have you been to that house? Yeah, outside it. And I've been, and it was also filmed in a Marblehead Cemetery, um, which is one of the best yes. cemeteries in all of New England. Uh, the well scene, the well oh. scene was so in we've, Marblehead. We've, so we found, um, um, we looked it up last time we were there, and we found the house um, where it was. And that house is one of the most beautiful houses I've ever seen, just sitting on a bay, like picturesque. That house must sell for three, four million dollars. <laughs> and um, where yeah. is this? Because not Salem. No, this Marble, is in, next town over, basically. Is it? Is it Marblehead? I guess. Yes, yeah, Marblehead. And then there's also yeah. a restaurant nearby or an inn that was filmed there as well. But I always talk. I, reason why the Good Son sticks with me so much is because um, while actually while I was there in Salem. Um, I went to Marblehead Cemetery because one of the victims is buried there. And because yes. Hocus Pocus was filmed there. <laughs> so there's a lot right. of reasons to go. And it's a beautiful cemetery. Yeah. It's one of the best in New England. Yes, it is. And the the well they used, um, there's a there's a scene where like him and Elijah Wood are like walking around Dumps a well the, and he's thre- cigarettes yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and threatening to push him in and stuff. And I went there to see I saw the well like years and years and years and years before I went, before I did the Salem book. And I went back there and I couldn't find the well anymore. While I was, while I was in Salem that year, twenty fifteen, while I was living in Salem. And I couldn't find it, and I couldn't find it. I was like, I know it was right here. I looked at my old pictures. I pulled them up, you know, and I was like, it's not here anymore. So then I contacted the um, the local historical society. I was like, there used to be a well in Marblehead Cemetery, right? They're like, no, there was never a well in Marblehead Cemetery. I'm like, are you sure? I swear. I swear. I sent them a photo, and they're like, oh, that. They built that for the good son. Oh, and it just oh, sat there for 10 no years. Kidding. Yeah, made it out of stone. It wasn't an actual well. It stopped at the ground. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so it was almost a fire pit. And they left it there for like de- a decade, oh, and then one cool. day it just took it down. That's <laughs> so, hilarious. That's good. But, yeah. So yeah, if anyone wants to do an oddity or a road trip, yeah, go check out that house. It's it actually is on a little street mm-hmm. full of mansions. I mean, you gotta Yeah. If you're making fifty grand, you're not living on that street. Let's just put it that no. way. <laughs> Marblehead's a good a really cool oh, place, really beautiful. just in general. Yep, beautiful. So yeah, I don't know, guys. I think we touched on everything. Um I think we did. JW, everything where, and more. Where can people find you? Um online and everywhere. Uh, oddthingsivescene.com. That's my home base. Okay. You'll find uh, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of articles of my visits. You'll find where to get my books. You'll find where I'm doing at any given moment. Because <laughs> I'm probably you're, posting you're it on social media. fiction now, too. I am. Right? So I my my um, last year was my first adult novel, uh, 12 Nights at Rotter House. It was a haunted house novel. Ooh. And then my next fiction, my next novel is actually a children's horror novel. Oh, cool. comes out uh, next, uh, like, six months. It comes out in August. 
and that's called the Smashed Man of Dread End. So I'm writing I'm I'm writing spooky stuff, whether it's for kids or for adults or for, for nonfiction. So okay. it's, it's all I can get out of me, I guess. Nice. Awesome. awesome. All right. Well, okay, yeah. So. Yeah, uh, well, I was gonna say one more thing, but. Uh, oh no. go 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 no. for it. Oh, I was gonna say nope. mention if you want to join. Um, a proud member, you can join the uh, Otis Club, and you will get I get oh, my yes. uh, my newsletter, which I enjoy reading every uh, every month that comes in. Oh, and I super appreciate that. Yeah. So, so what I was talking about is I have a Patreon, like just just about everybody does these days, and I I frame it as a club because I hate I like, I'm uncomfortable with the idea of somebody just supporting my life. So I try <laughs> to make it something I can give back with. Mm-hmm. So it's a club, and there's a newsletter every every week where I try to detail what oddities I've been to. I, there's news in there. It's it's like a 1500 word newsletter. And then there's like other perks as well, but I, anybody that's in the club is like in my great book. They, I, 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 I meet people, I become deeper friends with them, I hang with them. Like the club is like the people, the people in the Otis Club are like, um, I don't know, they just they just mean a lot to me. So I really appreciate you uh, joining that. I love for it. Sure. Love it. And yeah. they can uh, they can find how how to do that on your website. Yeah, it's Patreon, and also they can go to Patreon.com/slash JW Oker. So okay, it's pretty straightforward. And the, and the website again is oddthingsivesseen.com. Yeah. And, the way you remember uh, that is I ca- it's acronymed Otis. Yeah. I just call it Otis. <laughs> Otis. Yep. Yeah. That's how I to it. So, uh, so for us, guys, if you would uh, liked the podcast, you can uh, join. And you did. The Otis Patreon. <laughs> and you can, yeah, and you did like this podcast. You liked it. And you can rate and review <laughs> us on iTunes or wherever you're listening, Apple Podcasts, whatever the heck they're calling it now, um, wherever else you may be listening so that more people can find us. And don't forget, you can also send us your movie suggestions, your thoughts on movies that we've watched so far. Um, really, anything you want to say to us, like, oh, hey, bring JW, it on. We're, here, here's the challenge we're that, here. I've, that I've joked with for a while. Tara, no. Tara, Tara is not in love with Children of the Corn. And no. I have challenged her to watch every sequel. <laughs> oh, no, we you need know, an I, actual listener. Not, I know, so it doesn't count. A, if Not a friend it. of the podcast guest, right. but an actual listener has to challenge me. <laughs> that's all that's saving me so far. I don't know if I could do that to somebody. Every single yeah. sequel, like even like Isaac Six Six Six. Yeah, that yeah. One was. of course. Oh, there's They're so many of them too. I yeah. looked it up. There's a lot of them. It's not gonna. Uh, it's children of the corn. So, my, I used to live in a cornfield actually, uh, like is like surrounded my house. And well, Burkittsville. Burkittsville cornfield everywhere. <laughs> yeah, that's right. This was actually in Northeast Maryland in uh, Cecil County. It was literally, you know, I lived in the attic. I could see for miles of cornfield. It was like, surrounded my house. It was like one of those things like they took plots of land from a farmer and built houses on them or whatever. So Children of the Corn has always been in my head. Always been in my head. Did you I, ever I, see uh, He That Walks Behind? He That Walks Behind the Rose. <laughs> I never saw it. I was scared to go in there. I couldn't go in the cornfield. Because oh, yeah, I was like five steps from my house. I couldn't do no. it because of, no. of that movie. Nope, oh, God. It's so silly. It's just... Okay, anyways. Anyway. <laughs> you can email us your movie suggestions, your thoughts on movies you watched, your challenges for us, whatever. Email them to us at thescarymovieproject at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, y'all. Good night, Canada. The Scary Movie Project podcast is produced by Tara Garwood and Matt Lulich. Learn more at thescarymovieproject.com. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.